are listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe, Vince, and Marty. For the Lord, this is Roger coming to you on Monday, the 26th of March. We've got a packed show tonight, and actually we are one man down. Joe is actually not feeling very well, so hello to Joe. Everybody wave while he's sitting on the crapper. And let's proceed. Vince, you wanted to talk about the council. Well, well I think we wanted to talk about the council. I Let's be honest. Vince, you really wanted to talk about the council. Too. <laughs> yeah, this is all you, Vince. Really? So I, I gave my general impressions last week. Uh, you guys aren't feeling quite so strongly? Marty, how about you start? It's a game. Um, and, and it's not terrible. It's not the worst game I played. But when you said last week it had some localization issues uh, that really came through with um, some of the way the voice actors worked and just some of the dialogue just felt... Uh, roughly translated that it's it's not a bad looking game i've seen worse it's very good for the price i don't know how to describe it other than um well it's a very interesting mix of like is this supernatural it's a noir it's not noir it's a period thriller uh and uh to spoil the fuck out of shit i my character, the detective, was laudanumed, and that's where it ends. Uh, it's a very interesting. Some of the f- cool things about it were the skill trees, uh, the ability to like use a variety of uh, techniques to get to your same goal. It reminds me of Gumshoe, the RPG that way. Um, but the localization issues pulled me out. Um, the Emily's giant cleavage uh, in a non-period <laughs> dress was also like really disconcerting and I, I I don't normally play games with Shannon in the room other than like Destiny because she's you know she doesn't really care and she was like, she did not like this game um, she was, <laughs> she was uh, like she likes period pieces but she was like uh, so this is what year the 18th century and she's gonna wear a dress like that okay that's how it's going to be. Uh, and it just went downhill from there. Also, Lord Holm reminds me of the Marquis, uh, that comic from Dark Horse, who's the creator, owner, creator of that book is totally escaping me, but the Marquis art style. And that is a very uh, cool thing to emulate, but uh, I think the French taking the piss out of the English in this particular game went a little bit too far with Lord Holm. So that's it in a nutshell, but uh, I'll, I'll let you guys keep talking. I had to split this game across multiple sessions. And that there should tell you something, because as you had pointed out, it's really not that long a game. But I did so because at points I was bored senseless. And yet at other points, I was I could not stop playing. And I think that had they found either a happy medium or a manner in which to keep the 
be it the suspense or the, the, a reason to keep playing, uh, it would have done a lot better. But unfortunately, the parts where you are investigating in a lot of places, I personally found it insanely boring. And and again, to, yeah, that should I, say something because we've been doing this for like, you know, nine fucking years now. You know, I love this kind of stuff. But toss in the the manner in which it's all presented, the manner in which the dialogue gets to you, which is, I got used to it, but you can't say it's good. And no. then toss in on top of that, the controls, which are painfully fucking slow and annoying, uh, at least on PC, it is a slow, you like moving the mouse around, even with the sensitivity at max, is way too slow. And I get that you're supposed to play an everyman, you know, not a superhero or a game everyman, but a, an actual regular guy. So he's not going to be moving around very fast and have lightning fast reflexes. Sure. But we as a gaming population are so used to being able to do that, that when you take it off, it feels it doesn't feel normal. It feels insanely sluggish. Like it was to the point where during one of my investigating, uh, hell, that might have been last night even, um, during one of my, my no, the night before, anyways, uh, I was walking around and I'm trying to find every clue and everything that I can possibly find because that adds up too. And I got bored and I went, fuck this. And I turned it off and I bounced into wow. And... I, it was as if I'd gotten a new mouse or as if there was like a hair stuck on the laser because it was like bam, 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 and flying all over. And I'm going, what the fuck is going on? And I had to literally slow down and go, oh, because it was that different between the two games. And, and that really makes a big difference in a game where a large portion of the game is very very calm, very mellow, I should say, like you're, and I'm not talking about the drugging at the end. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's a very relaxed fucking game. There's not a ton of excitement. There's some tension in the bills, but there's not a lot of excitement. And and so I had I, I, I had some problems with that. It, it, I found it insanely boring. The parts that were good, those were fun. The verbal battles, which kind of reminded me of some of the shit in the prologue for Life is Strange, because they did that mm -hmm. kind of thing, and I liked that. It was very cool. I I preferred the implementation of it in Life is Strange, the prologue, than in this, definitely. But I still enjoyed this, and I liked how you get to see where, oh, if I start going down this tree, then I'll get more options. And that may change later on, but I've already been... Going away from detective, I put a bunch of points into detective, but I've been putting points into the occultist as well, just because clearly there's going to be a lot of that mm -hmm. in this game. So I've been I also like how you just sort of naturally pick up some points in other trees yes. to kind of help yeah. with the enhanced cost of spending on it. it, like it kinda, it's, an, it, it it's an original system. I will give it that. When yeah, you're it looking at the feel books, like you're not wasting points by working outside your class. Exactly. And then, like, um, like you said, you can get points for other classes too and whatnot. Uh, I love the way that books are meaningful here. Like you, you find mm -hmm. a book, you might get a, a, you might get to keep it or whatever, and then all of a sudden now you can put a point into that in a separate skill tree, not your skill tree, but a skill tree for book smarts kind of thing, I guess you can call it. And so there's multiple ways to advance your character and to make him more fleshed out 
as you progress through the story. That's fantastic. That's original. That's I really, really dug that a lot. And FYI, talking about books, who almost orgasmed in that library. Holy fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, and I know a lot cool. of other book people that would have done the same as me. <laughs> like, like ask their partner to leave the room for a while <laughs> kind of deal. It was fucking impressive. So I said, like, the best character in the game was by far the mansion. Between the artwork and the the library and everything. Like, it, it was such a cool place to explore. I could totally agree. not agree with you more. The I love the layout going out onto the patios as well, and the fact that you can access various rooms from the patio as well, so you're kind of going outside. The little recon mission at one point, I don't know if you guys did that, where you mm-hmm. listen in on a conversation between uh, Mortimer and uh, Napoleon, and that was kind of cool too. So I, I love the design of the place, and I love that the... Damn near all of the paintings have a little one or two lines of voice acting associated with it. The the, the downside is it's voice acting, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no. And the thing is, too, is that, that that game engine lends itself very well to that. And the character designs for the others, with the exception of the female characters, isn't horrible the design i mean you can see they spent a lot of time you're seeing moles you're seeing different imperfections you're seeing all kinds of stuff although there there tends to be a sheen over a lot of the characters faces which kind of takes you out but once again the if you're planning on releasing a game worldwide even if you are in a country that does not speak that where in english is not the the first language I feel it is not a smart move to create your game in your first language. So if you're in France mm-hmm. and you intend the game only to be primarily in France, knock yourself out. Make it French. If you intend to release it globally, English is the default for a reason. And so the 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 lip sync was so bad that I looked everywhere else except for their lips while they were talking, which fucks you over when you get those little dots of flashes here and there, and you got to quickly <laughs> yep. click all over the fucking place. And it was like, oh, shit, I wasn't looking at the mouth. Um, but, yeah, it's it, the, 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 the lip sync is probably the worst I've ever seen and, and, as, and distracting to no end. And so between that and the actual voice acting, which isn't always the best then man does that ever fuck with a game and when the game is all about the story all about the characters all about the the lore then that's two big hits to you right there Mm -hmm. yeah i i when we're talking about the characters i felt like so i'm there for a night and then all of a sudden i'm trying to convince uh emily this other basically occult secret agent who's purpose is to debunk the occult but then not i don't know like the the way they described the golden order and that you discover it was really convoluted uh which i you know is kind of interesting because if it was just a little bit better additional playthroughs would be cool to delve into this the society that they're creating um but it just everything was was i'm not gonna say boring but everything was very slow and paced one way and then it just you know accelerated way too quickly like it yes. just went 
from you're going at a nice evenly stroll to all of a sudden you're a hundred miles an hour into a wall filled with laudanum. And that was just, <laughs> I didn't see that one coming, especially, uh, and this is the mass effect fan in me, but I didn't expect Elizabeth quote unquote, Jack Adams to be the one to dose me. And also like, that was very interesting. The, all the occult tattoos, but as Roger mentioned about the controls, I'm playing on the Xbox and I'm literally hovering over one of the tattoos when it's, when the quick time event happens and it didn't register. That's because you also needed to hit the tattoo on the chest. I, Oh, I had to do both. Yep. Oh, for fuck's sake. I I found out that if you uh, escape to the main menu during one of those conversations, it actually resets when you continue. So if you fuck up, you can actually fix it. Uh, Up until then, I hadn't been doing that. And the fuck ups were interesting because I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to come back to bite Mm -hmm. me. Like I didn't go and talk to Washington. And I thought that something else would occur. But then the the line that he delivered was fairly different than what was presented as options, I felt. And so then it kind of went real bad. I went, oh, shit. And then later when you get the wrap-up of the quote-unquote chapter, then it was like, oh, shit. So I missed, I failed an opportunity to, to talk to him. I, I like that it shows you, like, the things you accomplished, and then it splits up the difference between the things you failed yep. or just other things you could have done instead. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not that you failed in an objective it's that you went in a different direction that will also lead on like i, I like that that there's a difference between a missed opportunity and just a mistake i completely agree the only yeah. problem is is that that really then changes how you play the game moving forward because now all of a sudden i'm not thinking of the story as uh, a branching path like a branching river kind of thing that's going one way or another now i'm seeing it where no there's failures here as well so you want to make sure that you get the conversation right and i found that later on when i was talking to uh to uh chesty um what the hell's her name elizabeth Elizabeth, uh, emily 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 whatever one of them yeah yeah so which uh marty i completely agree the character design there was nothing but fan service and kind of inaccurate too and where there apparently are no nipples (laughs) and you're going like that doesn't look right anyway the way the dress if you can call it that is hanging what the hell especially when you see the younger woman as well too in the really low shirt you're going for fuck's sakes designers but I digress. There's a conversation. There's actually two conversations with her that I don't know if you two came across, but I did. One of them was when I snuck into her room and she caught me and she had a knife to my neck. Did either of you get that? Who, no. Emily or? The, the uh, Baroness. No, I never snuck into her room. Okay, so when you go to um, to sneak onto the patio to go listen to Mortimer and Napoleon. You both did that, right? Oh, see, I didn't, I didn't go that way. I, w- there, there was, it was follow up Mortimer or no, I went to help. Uh, that was when George Washington knocked on your door, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah so, see, I went to help Washington. So you got that. I, what happens otherwise is you go outside, it's dark and you sneak under the windows and you make your way to Mortimer's room. Mortimer is there mm-hmm. though. It's one of those cheesy kind of things where you see only a portion of the bottom Dr. of his Claw. face. And then he's talking to Napoleon and he's talking to Napoleon about a shipment that was going to be sent. So when you were having dinner or breakfast later on in the story, I'm assuming you went to the breakfast, right? Yes. Yeah. 
So when you go to the breakfast, did Napoleon pull you aside? He did. So when he was yes, talking he about the cannons and he was talking about how much money it was going to you were going to be giving, the order was going to give him for the cannons. Um you had heard when you were eavesdropping that the number in question was going to be 20,000. And so that's why he tries to play you and test you at the same time. Hmm, so from there now, when you go back, instead of going just to your room, you can also investigate some of the other rooms. So I went into the Baroness's room and she immediately catches you as you go in and puts a knife to your throat and starts questioning you. So because this was earlier on in the story, I had not yet figured out that, you know, you want to be careful what you choose here. And also, I hadn't quite worked out all of the ways in which you can use the items that you gather, like the royal jelly, to get more points to do the things that you put oh, the points into. Oh, I was into. down in those things like crazy. I actually I became not. intoxicated at one point. So did I, actually. Ironically, <laughs> when I was dealing with fucknuts younger woman there who was dosing me with that shit. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm also drunk on the jelly. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, when you drunk go in. on the jelly. Isn't it? Yeah, that's episode title right there. So when you are talking to the Baroness, then you can either tell her the truth, and I'm guessing that that's the point where your relationship with her would be significantly dif different. But I didn't. Uh, because, yet again, I wasn't sure what to do and I, I didn't have the points. So I went, okay, well, whatever. She did not approve. Even kind of, I, I made it out all right. She she still, she kept the knife on me for quite a long fucking time. And, uh, and eventually I, I made it out and went back to my room. So when you meet her the next time, she's a little cold. But then there's the moment where, and you guys would have clearly done this as well, where you go into the spinning um, fireplace room. You did that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure everybody has to do that. Yeah, I would think fun. so as well. That was like a little, little puzzle. So you you then you're interacting with, with Emily again. Now, for me, because I'd broken into her room, she still did not like me. And I had to win her over so that we could work together gathering the clues. And even after that, had to yet again win her over some more. So there mm -hmm. was a lot of having to make things right with her because I broke into her fucking room and she didn't trust me. <laughs> See, the other side of that was I actually followed uh, what Washington wanted, which was to distract Elizabeth while he and he searched her room to confirm her identity. So I go down to the parlor and uh, the cardinal was down there listening in because like something bad was going on on the other side of the door. So I then had a choice of I can either intervene to help Elizabeth or just let it be because whatever's going on in that room will keep her occupied. And it'll yeah. let Washington do what he wants to do. Well, me being me, I didn't do the Vince thing. I actually went into the room. <laughs> and she's being accosted by uh, the big French dude, the Jacques. Jacques Peru. Yeah. And uh, I managed to like get in between them. Elizabeth runs off. And that's where you have to basically talk Jacques down. And I was able to get out of it unscathed. Marty, did you get fucked up? I got out of it unscathed as ah, well. It was okay. pretty that that confrontation system, that banter system. I really did dig mm. that. That was the most fun part of the game for me. So, but then the trade off to that was Elizabeth ran off and interrupted Washington before he could like fully investigate. So Washington was pissed off at me. Yeah, he's that didn't actually come back up yet, but maybe in later chapters. Actually, did you confide in him during the breakfast? I did that even come up? I think I did. 
There's a part where um, Washington leans over and he asks you about yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple of people. And if and he asks you about Elizabeth, too. And if you actually confide in him and tell him everything, then he will point blank tell you that he appreciates that. I, I think I did. I don't remember exactly. I did not. You did? I didn't have enough points in etiquette or politics to have that conversation. Um, See, I think I had like right before that breakfast, I had put a point into etiquette. Because the morning before the breakfast, I was going around looking through the rooms and I was able to look through Elizabeth's room and Napoleon's room and come to find out Napoleon is very weak etiquette. So I was like, okay, let me put at least one point into etiquette so that I can mess with Napoleon. And it did come in a lot of handy for me. This is where we need to actually hold on one second, Marty, if you don't mind. And then you can can go ahead. Uh, I this is where I think we need to go back once again for everything that we are saying that's that's negative or that's constructive criticism about this game i cannot stress enough how impressed i am with this the system as it pertains to the conversations the talents the various talent trees and the items that you use like when you are you're you're stocking up various items and whatnot and you're in a conversation if you feel the conversation is sufficiently important that you really don't want to fuck it up or you want to really see where it's going to go you also have the option of taking a couple of items where it'll make your next um, uh, talented option, so something that would may require three points or whatever, be free and not use any points. You can also take those royal jellies, like we said, in order to gain a couple of points as well. But if you take too many, you become intoxicated. But you might also find some, what is it, the honey, I believe, that removes all impairments on you. And there's a couple... The golden elixir. Yes. So... I actually, there was a couple of conversations where I played around with those, the variety of the different things. And then because in conversations as well, you get that stupid fucking pop-up, which it pisses me off in Telltale, so-and-so will remember this. But in this, I liked it because it would say, you missed an opportunity if you would have had points in etiquette. And I still don't have any points in etiquette. But I know where I would it would have come in handy, and I'm curious, sadly, not enough to play through it again because of the issues, but I still like that it's there and it's it's guiding my choices for later because I have a book on etiquette. So if I want to, I can just shift around which points I'm putting in with the books and just put it instead in etiquette as well at any time. And there may come a point where I do that. And I really dig that that flexibility and the originality and how it's done. Mm-hmm. Is it? There's a very good foundation of a game here that's just lacking in the polish department. That being character design, voice acting, which is all stuff that can be fixed a lot easier if it's built on such a great skeleton. That's why there's still potential for this game, yes. or at the very least, the next game they use this system for. Marty, you were gonna say. Yeah, that's the problem. I don't remember exactly what I was going to say. I should have written it down. But basically, I I agree with Vince. Like, there's a lot that could be good eventually, especially, like, the system is very much, it reminds me of, um, like I said before, the gumshoe pen and paper RPG, where if you have a point in something, you are assumed to be good at it, so you can just do it. Uh, What just did not work for me was just how the the world was built with this secret society that like everybody knew I was in. um, And that was somehow 
opposed to and also looking for the occult, but not in like a, it felt more like a Knights Templar kind of like, I want all the stuff kind of way, not a, I'm here to debunk it kind of way. Really? Um, because I didn't feel that. And I went down the detective route, same as you did with a few points in occultist, but the detective. And I found that actually, and this is a personal thing probably because I was willing to jump right in thinking of this in terms of we would say our, if the Illuminati was actually real and we could look back and say, okay, well, what do you let's, mean, if? Uh, shut up. <laughs> let's just say it was real and let's say that you are kind of a part of it, but a lesser member. Your mother is the, the primary one, but you've been around it still and you kind of, you still, you work for it. And so you have this, this knowledge of how that secret organization works being thrown into a situation like this, where you are meeting heads of state and different things and having to immediately use those skills and those art, that art of deception. I didn't have a problem with that at all. I dove into that and I did not mind it a bit. And in fact, some of those were some of, and I think Vince, you'll probably agree with me, some of the most interesting aspects mm -hmm. of all this came about because of that. Less so because of the occultist shit later on and more so because of this. So uh, on that slant, I have an important question for the two of you. Did you open Pandora's box? Totally. Okay, what happened? Because I kept that shit closed. I wasn't messing with it. Which Pandora's I got box? An achievement. Whoa, whoa. In, in, uh, in Mortimer's uh, trophy room, like one of the artifacts there, I, with my skills, I was able to deduce that it was the historical real-life representation of Pandora's box. And then I had the dialogue option to either open it or walk away, and I walked away. And Marty, you yeah, opened it? I, of course I opened it. Like, Louis made some sort of pithy remark about... Um, if I open it, we're all meant to be blamed for all the problems. And I think Elizabeth said something that was suitable that I applauded her for. Like, it's already, already is your fault. Um, so. So did anything actually happen? No. Yet? Yet. We'll see. <laughs> that is an, uh, another critis uh, criticism that I'll have for this game as well. And I'm not sure if it was intentional or if it's just a uh, byproduct of the type of game it is with the cinematics that are strewn about and interweaved with the gameplay. But often, if you were in a room looking around, if you didn't get to everything, you might still get sucked into a conversation with a character and never get to see those items. And in that room with her, she, as I was walking, pa trying to walk past her, I got sucked into a conversation with, with her. And then afterwards it was, okay, we need to leave now. And it was like, but I didn't finish the room. And I didn't get to say that. We just leave the room. And there was another spot too, immediately on the other side of that door, I didn't go around the outer, the, the first room you go into. I didn't go through that one first. I thought I'll go through that little inner chamber, which is where those statues are that you turn. And then I figured I would, I didn't know that was the, the end game was there. So I thought I'll just go around that room and then around the outer edge and back into the bigger room and keep going. So there's an entire room there that I completely missed as well. So I, I yeah. wish there, that was a little better I don't better think handled. there was anything terribly important over there. Like, I picked up, like, some jellies and stuff, but I don't think there was anything of real importance. I could have used those jellies when I was with the fucking maniac poisoning me at the end. <laughs> so so let's get to the end point then. Uh, right after the, the treasure room, you have the opportunity to go back to your room with Emily, 
or go with Elizabeth because Elizabeth really needs you. And we come to find out that throughout the game that Louis's mom was very important to Elizabeth in her air quotes treatment of her uh, affliction, let's just say. <laughs> Depending on you know where you have your points, she's either epileptic or she's possessed by the devil, what have you. So all three of us, I believe, went with Elizabeth. No, I went with, um, yeah, yeah. No, I went with Miss Adams. So, yeah, Elizabeth. Okay, okay. That's right. So, Emily is the Duchess. Yes. Da, 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 okay. Roger, you did as well? Yeah. That's too bad. Okay. Now we won't know what happens in the other one. I know. Now I wish one of you had. But yeah, so you're sitting down in Elizabeth's room and she's, you know, all doom and gloom and getting drunk. She, she passes you the drink. I took the first drink. But then I bowed out after that first drink because... Did she still tell Louis, you everything? No. Like, Louis wasn't... Like, the way Louis was reacting to that first drink, I was like, something's not right here. I'm going to GTFO. And then she got pissed off at me and kicked me out of the room. Oh, dude, you missed the best fucking part. <laughs> Marty, Maybe. I'll let you take it. <laughs> yeah, I want to know what happened to you guys. So she begins to talk to you more and more about... um she doesn't talk about all the scars that was from a different scene but she begins to talk to you about how dark and gloomy everything is wait a minute hold no, on Roger. Voices. i'm getting confused you take this because i'm a little bit confused about what actually happened yeah the, um, the talk with her about the scars that was when you first meet no not even yeah. the first time it was the second right. time you meet her on the stairs by that point mm -hmm. you've already seen her in the first room by the fire and she's nuts and then on the stairs and then this time here she well a she's poisoned you well she doesn't tell you that but um you sit down with her and she starts telling you she's already given you some information about your mother that is disturbing but then she starts off by telling you that she saw your mother on the island while she was right. out and she says she saw her at a distance but she's positive it was her and as soon as she saw her looking her mother his mother ran off so he's challenging that, saying, like, how can you be so sure? You said yourself it was at night, you weren't close, and she starts wigging out saying, I know what I saw. And then she starts this, I'm just going to say it. This was the part two in the story where I'm going, oh, for fuck's sake, seriously? This childish and immature, I'm not telling you anything unless you drink with me, bullshit trope yep. that I fucking hated. It was just just a means of getting you poisoned. Or drugged, let's say. And that was it. And it was fucking... It, I, I made me groan. So the first time, I'm like, no thanks. I'm just going to keep a clear head. You go ahead. And she starts that bullshit. So I was like, fine, whatever. Clearly this is... And at this point here, I'm used to the system and know that if I don't get this conversation, it's not going to count as a win or a success by an alternate success. It's going to be a failure. So I say, fine. I take the drink. And like you said, Vince, immediately goes to his head. And you're going, no, that's not right. A drink would not go to his head. It's clearly been drugged. Yeah, he's French. Yeah, yeah, yeah really. He grew up on wine. <laughs> Trust me, I know. So the um, the the I'm telling her afterwards. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Like you did, and she's like, "No, you're you're drinking with me, or I'm not telling you anything." So I was like, "For fuck's sakes!" So I drink again. Then she starts really giving him a lot of information and she starts talking about the voices that she hears now that's right she's talking about the voices as if they are spirits not about a psychosis and in your conversation um 
your choices, you can either address it like a psychosis or you can address it like an, uh, an occultist would. And I had already put a point into occultist at that point. So I figured, okay, let's go with this and see where it's going. Because clearly there's a lot of still some mysticism going on in the game as a whole. Let's just lean into this. So I go, all right. Now at this point, he is clearly drugged, not drunk, but he's acting it. His eyes are even a lot more closed and, and he is taking a drink of his own accord now you're not choosing he's just drinking so it's getting worse and i tried to get rid of effects because i had one of those things <laughs> didn't do fuck all clearly and so she tells you all this shit about your mother has been the one to try to quote unquote cure her of the voices but also use them for the order so she it's almost as if the mother kind of also believes that these are spirits channeled through this girl that still doesn't explain the scars and having to cut her for it. I'm, that's clearly going to come later if you choose the right op, uh, uh, options in, in, in dialogue. But, uh, well, I better. But but that's about it. And then you get, you're get you figured out, yeah, you've been drugged. She admits to drugging you, but also admits that the, she, she her own glass is drugged too. But she's had so much of it that she's almost immune to it, which again leads you to believe once again that it was used against her by the order in order to get her to be compliant and or to operate on her scar up who the fuck knows That's and a so painkiller yeah and then you basically you pass out with her in a weird fucking angle above you threatening she's got a blade in her hand but she's just talking about I'll take care of this and basically that's it you you don't know where it's going from there and okay. I'll take care of you and yeah that's so that's what happened and I missed the two occult tattoos i hit the one but not both of them so the uh the only thing you got from that was speaking of wine sorry i'm just gonna finish what's in my mouth uh the only thing that you get from that is you deduce that she's telling the truth her her chest beat is not erratic her her breathing isn't erratic and her um she's not uh shaking or fidgeting or anything like that so it's basically he's investigating it and he says yeah she's telling the truth about what's happening so then it, it leads to different options that's weird because I mean that was pretty much where I missed it, and that's what I still get. That was the same conclusion I came to. Not all of the um, those little flash moments, the opportunities I think they're called. Yeah, they don't all mean something. Some of them are thrown in there for you as the player to know for a fact, but sometimes they're just it's presented as a oh just in case you haven't figured this out this is what this all means and I found the same thing as he was doing different other things too and different other puzzles as well like the book with the uh, the lemon written script mm-hmm. again you all saw that because I think you have to in the game did any of you yeah. fuck it up with the ash no. no. Did you pick up the ash? I had enough points in science to know that's a bad idea. I just remembered Mr. Wizard. <laughs> I, I, I I knew it was the candle, but like I did I'd found the ash before they found the candle. So I just picked up the ash and I went, hmm, science. Nope. <laughs> I actually decided to use it anyways. And I actually knew it's, it's an old <laughs> trick. Everybody knows it, but it's there. And I'm thinking, well, let's see what happens. And I been doing a bunch of that in the game so i threw it on and then he fucks it up and i'm going okay what are you going to do with it now so then he reads the the top part and you get the 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 top line and that's it and then he's somewhat flustered about what it all means now i still don't know what's in the bottom part but 
is it uh, clear? The bottom part helps you figure out the Gorgon puzzle. Oh, okay. Oh, because it okay. tells you something about uh, the beast goes after the most heavily armed, something like that. So it it helps you figure out which direction to turn the statues. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's not a big deal. But it's it's presented as a big deal as you're doing it because mm-hmm. it's a big clue. And then you, I, I had to talk to the um, uh, the 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 what's his name, the Italian guy. The cardinal. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but anyways, I just yeah, I yeah, whatever. Yeah, so I had to talk to him to get him to ask him about what he thought the clue meant, and then he pointed me towards the um, the art room, mm. which holy fucking hell! Like again, talking <laughs> about see, I I when I was young, um, I never thought about becoming an architect, but I've always adored as odd as it is. Show me a blueprint. For a beautiful mansion or home or whatever, I love that shit. I just, I adore beautifully done, like, architecture. And and so I'm looking over this house like the fine-tooth fucking comb. Like, I'm looking at everything, all the rooms, the structure, the layouts, everything, and I adore it. And and it's the other reason why I like games like Layers of Fear, where you're walking around a home a lot of times interesting home and and what remains of Edith Finch and, and and things like that so so in that regard this game is spectacular these rooms are amazing when you go into the um uh, Mortimer's like private room uh, breakfast room whatever the fuck you call it there and it's a patio and there's butterflies all over <laughs> the gorgeous reds throughout and you're going Fucking hell. And the beautiful paintings versus the horrific shit everywhere else. So you, it's it's cleverly done in terms of just how opulent it is. And yet it still makes you want to look at everything and examine every nook and cranny of, of, of the, 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 the entirety of the mansion. Mm-hmm. So before we wrap up, I actually want to tell you guys what happened to me on that last night since I left Elizabeth's room. My thinking was uh, Emily had told me she'd be waiting, but not for long. So I figured I bowed out of that conversation with Elizabeth early enough that maybe I could get back to my room and still have a scene with Emily. Turns out that's not how it worked. She was already gone. So I just went to bed. I wake up the next morning with Sir Horn knocking on my door there with uh, Jacques to arrest me for the murder of one Elizabeth Adams. Oh, okay. She's not oh. dead in our gameplay. I actually I don't know. Uh, Marty, did you tell her to get off the island or stay? I told her to stay. Ooh. And when she leaned over with the knife, she's like, I'll take care of you, Louie. And I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. And then uh, you wake up with her corpse and it's all bloody and there's a knife in your hand. And you're like, oh, oh no, the knife is not in your hand. It's you're holding the knife as they walk in the room. Because you're like, oh shit! But See, I didn't get that at all. I told her to leave the island, so there, there's no death scene at the end of my chapter. Hmm. Oh, nice. So, so uh, we... sorry. Go ahead, uh, Vince. <laughs> no, uh, that that's that's it. So we all had very different endings to that chapter. Yours is the boring one, though. Maybe. Oh no, it is. Trust me, <laughs> you should have got a drunk with this girl. <laughs> <laughs> it was an experience because I was thinking again by that point I'd been doing the old okay fuck it this is not what I want go back to the main screen and then go back in 
and then I'm doing this shit, and I know I'm getting poisoned. I'm going, we're going to follow this through. Like, we're on this train now. Let's see where it's taking us. And I want to see what's going to happen in the next episode because, once again, she's still there. I did. I don't think she left because last thing I saw was her taking off and, and walking past me. So, I, I again, it's it's got me curious. I, I still wish it was done better in certain regards, but in the things that it did right, it was right enough that yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one. I bought the the entirety of the season past on to see episode. So so See, I, yeah, for me, I'm looking forward to it. I just bought the first episode, and then I was like, okay, if I like it, I'll buy the season pass. It works out to like an extra two dollars doing it that way, but I figured I'd play it safe. <laughs> yeah, I I see. I and I figured it was cheap enough that eh, I'll give them my support for this and and buy the whole thing because I have a feeling I had a feeling and it it was true that once i got into the characters and once the story started really moving that i would enjoy more and that it's like marty said too the, the it it goes from slow i wouldn't say normal pace like you were saying Marty. it was slow for a very long time way too long in my opinion but then once it starts in it's a lot of fun and it does keep you engrossed and then it's like oh, okay now i want to see more i'm just hoping that that faster pace stays for the other episodes too and there isn't those massive lulls where you're slowly fucking walking around looking for clues so we'll see all right moving on you wanted to talk about warframe as well yeah i linked to you guys uh no clip the youtube uh channel just last week i came out with their two-part documentary series about the making of warframe i highly encourage anybody to watch it i encourage anybody to watch everything no clip puts out they do fantastic documentaries talked about it a couple times on this podcast already and i really this was actually really funny for me because when they're talking about you know the lead up to warframe they're talking to james sinclair the studio founder and how he got started in gaming he's like yeah you know my first real uh successful games were these pinball games i did for epic and i'm watching i was like holy shit those pinball games are like the first pc games i ever owned <laughs> so <laughs> personally it's like this weird connection that was like really funny for me but then how uh, he formed Digital Extremes and Digital Extremes uh, actually did the majority of the development on the Unreal Tournament games for Epic. And their all too common path of trying to do their own thing as a studio, but especially at the time, you still had to have a game that publishers wanted to actually publish. And every published told them, this is fantastic you guys are very talented they could get any job they wanted in the industry just not doing anything they wanted to do they had this really cool sci-fi uh, space opera story in mind and it got hacked and twisted and changed until it became a game known as dark sector which on one hand they were happy because they finally got their game made but it was not a satisfying win because it wasn't anything near their original vision it was a very 2008 game because it was a lot like many other games that came out in that time frame because as we know publishers like to play it safe so when they eventually hopped into this free-to-play thing with warframe taking a lot of their ideas from the original concept of dark sector and reworking them into this sci-fi shooter and we're again told this is going to fail it's not going to work because they were going against the grain of what a lot of traditional free-to-play games did. I remember when Warframe came out, I wasn't terribly interested in it. Uh, some of the free-to-play economy was pretty jacked up at the beginning. 
But over the past year, I've been hearing more and more about it. And eventually, I'm going to check this game out. I'm going to check this game out. I'm going to check this game out. So while the other preeminent sci-fi shooter game has been completely forgotten by most people, I don't need to make mention any names. Yes, <laughs> I decided. <laughs> I decided oh, now was a good time to check out Warframe. I picked it up on the PS4 with my, you know, free PS Plus bonus starter pack with like in-game currency and stuff. And I found the game to be very damn good. I, I'm sorry. I said, God damn it. Now I do have to install it. Fuck. I've been putting <laughs> off and so because I've been hearing the same thing as you, uh, although I've been hearing it. For, I've been hearing it since the fucking game came out. People saying it's great. And then the, the problem is I'm hearing too many people getting fucking hooked on it. And they love it. And that's all they're playing. I'm going, I, I can't. I can't have mm-hmm. that in my life where that's all I'm going to want to play right now. And it's consistently been that. So don't tell me it's too fucking good. <laughs> So the way the the concept of the game works, as far as at least economy is concerned, is you craft everything, all of your weapons, all of your frames. If you want to, you can spend the in-game currency to just get the item. Like if there's a if there's a specific frame you want, just spend you know a couple actual dollars worth of currency, and you can have it. Otherwise, you can spend in-game credits to learn the blueprint, and then you have to farm the materials. And there's an actual time spent to craft it, like. To craft a whole frame, it's three real life days to craft. But that's fine. If I mean, if you really want to, you can spend the in-game currency to rush it. But otherwise, you can still play the game while it's crafting because each Warframe has a completely different play style. And the way the progression in the game works, you want to have multiple frames because every frame, every weapon, every piece of gear, mind you, has like kind of like Destiny 1, how it could earn experience and level up and get better. And every level that you get on an item counts towards your actual character level. So once you max out an item, if you want to continue advancing your character, you switch to a different item and then level up that item. So there's a constant progression of keep doing new things, new frames, new weapons, new play styles that I really like. And there's this this entire solar system. Like So far, I've only been to Earth, Venus, and Mars maybe Mercury. I don't remember. I think I might've done Mercury. And each of those planets had 10 to 20 locations. The missions are very small, very short, like five to 20 minutes, depending on how quick you are, which is another thing about the game. It's very focused on movement and speed and style, very flashy, very fun. And it's, it's essentially just like a quick little mission. Uh, Go assassinate this guy or like a capture the, not capture the flag, but like a point control sort of almost PvP style mission, but PvE instead, or um, hacking consoles. Some of them are stealth missions. Like there's a big variety of gameplay, but it's built around this really quick jump in, do the mission, get your loot and get out, which is very rewarding for somebody who only wants to play for an hour or so. Maybe you can do knock out two, three, four missions. And you know, maybe you won't get a great item, but you'll have accomplished something. You'll have earned credits. You'll have gotten some parts towards items that you're working on. So the economy, I feel, is actually very good for a free-to-play model. Like, the actual, outside of the in-game currency, like the giant bundles they offer of just straight-up buying frames and skins and stuff, I feel they're overpriced because they can run from $40 to $80, but the community as a whole doesn't feel they're overpriced, so I can't fault digital extremes. If that's what people are willing to pay for it, that's what they're going to charge for it. And 
what you watch through this documentary and from what I've been seeing following, uh, you know, going back and looking at the development and process of the game is unlike another company, they are in constant Bungie. communication with their fan base. They do weekly streams, constant Q and a sessions, always getting feedback from their community. If something isn't right, if something is overpriced or if there's not enough balance between the, the grind or the purchase, like, it it's so refreshing. They were talking about in the little documentary, they did the thing uh, in the game. You can raise uh, numerous pets, uh, dogs, cats, stuff, but like they're combat pets. And you can manipulate their DNA to give them different abilities and whatnot, as well as their fur patterns. And they had instituted uh, what was essentially like a randomized genome uh, generator for the fur patterns where they, <laughs> You know, you almost literally pulled a lever and it randomized a fur pattern and then you got that pattern and you could, if you wanted to, resell that pattern to other players. And they realized they created a slot machine. And they had one player, like, they, they put it out, they were tracking the stats, and they realized within the first, like, 12 hours, there was one player who had literally pulled that lever almost 200 times. And they went, this is not good. They knew that, again, they had literally created a slot machine it's not the way they wanted their game to go. So they immediately pulled it out because they recognized that that was something that could be abused both from an economy standpoint and from just a gambling standpoint that some people can't help themselves. So I God really, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to respect that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, 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 I cannot praise this company enough for the way they're handling their free to play model. In addition to that, they've, been updating the game ridiculously there's uh, i think 30 different frames in the game right now not counting prime variations which i think brings it up to 44 and they all play crazy different they're stealth characters there's this really awesome character called octavia she's built around music and one of her abilities like she actually plays music as like she's like a bard and if you perform actions in tempo with the music you get buffs. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. So it's crazy. The fashion frame is what they call, you know, the, uh, the transmog slash glamour systems of you can obviously get different skins for your frames as well as ornaments to put on it. Coloring is insane. Each frame has primary, secondary, and tertiary colors as well as effect parts. And then energy effects that you can also color. You can mix and match. Like, I love that there's a button. Like, if I have found a good color combination for my frame, I can just click a button and it'll automatically apply that same color combination to my weapons, to my cloaks, to, to everything else, to my little robots. It's brilliant. And there's a, a system called Tenogen. Uh, Tenno being the uh, race of player characters. So, uh, you know, the Tenogen is content generated by tenos so the players there's actual player created skins and ornaments in the game that digital extremes has purchased the rights to use that artwork from the artists in the community selling it in the game and then giving a portion of that money back to the artists i can respect that that's oh. awesome okay what's wrong and with the game i don't know <laughs> no give me, that, give me something okay. <laughs> okay uh, I, I will give you something 
First of all, it's an incredibly complex game. There are a there you go. That's all I need. I'm an idiot. That's all I need. They do not bother to explain to you. (laughs) I had to do a lot of wiki searching and figuring out on my own. Um, Quest progression. If you don't check your quest log to see the steps you have to do to unlock the next quest, you just don't. So it's possible to progress through large portions of the game by and miss story content to go along with it. Uh, the story content thus far has been pretty simple for me, but it's not unexpected given the style of the game. Although I've heard that uh, some of the quest lines coming up later are actually really damn good. Uh, right now I'm on a quest line to essentially unlock my jetpack, uh, which <laughs> turns my uh, exoskeleton into what I can best describe as a motherfucking Gundam. <laughs> flying through space doing cartwheels and shooting <laughs> missiles and all that fun stuff um but yeah i'm i'm really enjoying it i they uh in a update last fall right around the time that other game came out uh it was called the planes of Eidolon. Oh, it was called destiny 2 <laughs> their planes of Eidolon update introduced the first open world area to warframe uh, there's an, a, a town hub and then an actual large open world with day-night cycles and all the stuff you would expect from an open world. Uh, what they call the Eidolons, these giant ancient war machines that you can go fight and take down. And God help them, they actually put fishing into the game. Oh, for f- but, but hear, hear me out, Roger, hear me out. No, It's not your traditional MMO fishing of you sit there and you click. No, no, it's a shooter game. So it's spear fishing. You stand on the side of the lake, look for a fish, and then throw your fucking spear at it to catch it. It's actually really cool. <laughs> okay. But That's enough it, different for me. Can Consider this the Vince seal of approval. If it's something that you've been looking at and like me, just waiting for the right time to check it out, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's to the point where I've actually already given them actual money. Uh, I picked, they had a sale on like some skin packs and decor stuff and well throw in some like in-game currency. It was, I think $15 on sale down from 20 on PSN. I was like, you know what? I'm enjoying this game enough. I'll happily give you $15. I'll probably purchase more stuff down the line. So it's not a uh, PlayStation exclusive, is it? No, it's PC, PS4 and Xbox. Okay. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of people who have played Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 are really enjoying Warframe and want, I think the one of the writers in Forbes really pushes for uh, Bungie to adopt a Warframe model for a lot of the f- stuff going forward. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly it's successful, so why wouldn't you? Yes, yeah, so if you're looking for a fun sci-fi shooter with uh, lots of unique aspects and constant progression and is being constantly constantly updated uh i think they said they put a new weapon into the game every 14 days without fail they have not missed that mark in five years uh, oh my so, god yeah uh they just celebrated their fifth anniversary i think it was last week uh great community team constantly uh in keeping up with their fans both listening to them and communicating upcoming plans this is the game this is the company they're worth it Fuck. all right <laughs> I'll check it out. It better not be that good. <laughs> I'll probably check it out on PC, so I'll let you know how it works on there. Yeah. All right, Marty, we've only got a couple of minutes. So you got three items to choose from. Pick one, and the others are going to get pushed to next week. What do you want to talk about? 
So what I want to talk about is uh, Star Trek Online, their fourth expansion. Uh, this game's been around for, what, 11 years? Their fourth expansion is coming out. And I want to talk about it, uh, one, because it follows up on uh, Vince's discussion regarding a free-to-play game. Star Trek Online is free-to-play. Um, but this is a return in the 25th century to the best Star Trek, which is Deep Space Nine. Yes. <laughs> Captain Cisco. <laughs> is the best captain and i don't care no. what anybody else says no, he's not. uh but the, so we're going back to uh and I, I i fell down the rabbit hole of star trek online um i've been playing a pen and paper star trek game i've i'm a big ds9 fan and i just fell down a rabbit hole of like what's going on in this game um it differs from the destruction of romulus happens but it's still decades after the end of uh, Deep Space Nine. Captain Jordi LaForge is, is that around. Uh, Oda will be returning from the Great Binding or the Great Sea Full of Changelings. Uh, Kira Narice will be uh, back. Nana Visitor will be re, uh, visiting the role of Kira Narice. Uh, Rene Aubergeon will be doing Odo, the voice, and uh, Armin Shimmerman as Quark will be returning. Say uh, no more. To, to be on DS9. I am a I'm terrified of how much money I would end up spending in a free-to-play game, um, especially one like Trek, where uh, if I can quickly get an Akira-class ship and then mod the fuck out of it, like it looks like I could, um, I would blow through my entire gigantic comic book budget uh, in a very short period of time. So I have to be very careful if I want to get into this. But uh, it's it's taking the best from each era of star trek including now they've got some skins that uh represent discovery and they've thrown in species 2468 or 2048 or whatever called they're calling it the undyne uh the sort of Kalos will be making an appearance uh we're going to war in the gamma quadrant to do something i don't know uh but what has me super interested is this free-to-play model is building on its success and it is bringing in some of the some of my favorite characters in the franchise even though it's far into the future they're still around um michael dorn as Worf has made appearances in this game um because of course he has of course he has right um he's wanted to do a captain Worf series for forever but right now on the website in the art games splash page it's captain jordy laforge uh with the the blue eyeball thing that he's got going on because he didn't want to wear the visor anymore. So it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and the, the structure of it, uh, they've got reruns and episodes instead of missions and quests. Uh, your guild is a fleet. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff in this game that I, I could consider playing for like maybe two weeks as long as I put my credit card away. The problem is that I, well, let me rephrase that. I would have to get back into the game to see how much has been fixed since last we played it. Or I should say last I played it. Because it had issues. But that was a long time ago. The game has been around not that long, Marty, but it has been along yeah, for uh, quite a while. It's been around six years. I remember we interviewed them. We did when they first came the out. Yeah. So Oh, that's right. Okay. So I I really want to like the game because of my love 
of the Star Trek IP. You just have to listen to old episodes of both Popcorn Ronin and Comic Book Informer to see I love Star Trek. I also love Star Wars. I like sci-fi shows. And I really, really wanted to love this. And there were certain aspects of it that I really did, but others that I felt were so restrictive. So if they fixed that, I would be curious to try it now. Of course, I don't know what their free-to-play model is, though. I don't know if it's something that's really restrictive like the SWOTOR one, or if it's actually a good one like the Guild Wars 2. It sounds like it's probably more something akin to DC Universe Online, which isn't bad, only that it gets fucking expensive if you want to go back and buy all of the chapters that's uh some of the critiques that i read was that this the amount of money you pay to unlock certain content and some of the criticism was like this is a game that at end level at end game you will be paying to win and then there's no if ands or buts about it now take that you know that's a comment from some dude who I don't know how long they played the game. Um, it does feed into my fear of the free to play model. Um, but I mean, my number one concern is like I don't want to play a game where the temptation to buy a fly an Akira class heavy cruiser, which uh, I don't know how much you guys know or even care, but it, it made it's a it's a ship that made brief appearances. But it's so beloved in the community that, and by the designers that, for that awful Star Trek, Star Trek show Enterprise, they just flip the nacelles uh, around, and that's what the uh, they built the NX01 on. Hey, hey, so, hey, hey, hey! It was not awful. It's been a long time. It wasn't getting awful. There, 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 there were aspects that were good. <laughs> it wasn't okay. as bad as some of the horrible. Um, episodes with Janeway <laughs> and I loved yeah. her but some of the episodes where you're like groaning about the shit that they were saying and you go what the fuck is going on here yeah Enterprise I mean, just had a lot of skin <laughs> Enterprise was the sexy <laughs> Star Trek is <laughs> what it was everybody was hot and they didn't mind showing it off yeah. Except for Neelix. <laughs> or no, he was in uh, the other one. So. He was Voyager. Yeah, that's right. Who am I thinking about then? Who was the oddball in Chainways? Or Enterprise? They didn't. They only had the uh, the female Spock. Yeah, e even the Vulcan was pretty damn sexy. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've drifted way off course here, folks. <laughs> was there anything else, Marty? Uh, no, it's, uh, uh, victory is, is the name of the fourth expansion and, uh, it's probably worth checking out. I am so looking forward to if we see any discovery stuff in it, that could have the potential to get me in. If they kind of work that kind of stuff in there, that would be fucking interesting. Cause I thought discovery was brilliant. Uh, we love discovery. So that kind of shit would be really cool to have those characters somehow popping up in the game. That, that'd that be a lot of fun. Is discovery on Netflix in Canada or did you have to buy the CBS app? <laughs> Let's not talk about how I procured the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just stick with the fact that I really enjoyed it a lot because <laughs> it was fucking so good. noted. But anyways, so yeah, it would be great to get those characters on because there were so many things that Discovery did right that if they kept within 
um, Star Trek Online as well would be very fucking cool. So with that, anyways, we are going to call it a wrap. Thank you very much for joining us. You can find the show notes at ForTheLore.com. You can also find us on Twitter at ForTheLore or individually. Our missing Joe is Loader ZJ, Vince is Samodi, and Marty is Officer Gleason, and I am Zen Buddhist. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Please leave us some comments there. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Well, I thought my picking would set him on fire, but nobody wanted to hire a guitar man. Well, I nearly about starved to death down in Memphis. I run out of money and luck. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince, a movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as Lore Watch, a Blizzard lore podcast co-starring Joe. And if you're into comic books, check out All Comics Considered with Marty and his crew. Lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. You can find him at ManelliJamal.com as well as on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.